Hello, and welcome to the podcast about Transformers comics, toys, and everything in between. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. And with us, our special guest from the AfterSpark podcast. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Hi, uh, we run the AfterSpark podcast, where we've been going through the original G1 cartoon series, uh, episode by episode, and kind of giving a rundown on it. Hi, I'm Spex. I've been into Transformers for uh, nearly 20 years. I enjoy knitting, spinning yarn, and collecting comics, and sometimes toys. I also enable her heavily on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm Else. I like to buy Transformers Masterpiece toys so I can put them in ridiculous poses because it brings me joy inside. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Also, I finally got a Starscream, so, uh, you know, I have the entire Decepticon High Command now. (laughs) I hear that's a really good one. It looks really nice. Transforming him was, oh my god, so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Fantastic. Well, moving on with our comic discussion today, our special episode, IDW Transformers vs. Terminator, a crossover for our crossover. Woo! Spoiler warning. So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back and read it and then come back and listen to the podcast. Now, onwards. Computron, Kilobyte, do you mind telling us some fun facts about the comic? Yeah, uh, let's start with the, uh, you know, rough and hard stuff before we get into the fun stuff. The first issue was released uh, March 25th, 2020, and the fourth and final issue was released September 30th of that same year. The writers were David Mariette, Tom Waltz, and John Barber. The artist, my favorite, Alex Milne, and the colors were by David Garcia Cruz. So now for some fun tidbits. The second line of binary on page four, written uh, 00111010, space 00101001, question, translates to smiley face, question mark. Presumably a response, his fellow Terminator's awkward smile. (laughs) None of the other binary codes in the scene translate into anything meaningful. Uh, It's not clear if Prowl is dead or simply injured after Megatron leaves. But he's shown leaking fire and smoke from a hole on his left side, evoking his death in the infamous opening battle of the Transformers the movie. Other Cybertronians, such as Huffer and Mirage, are colored gray, evoking Optimus Prime's fate from the film. After killing Refractor, the Terminator mimics Velocity by flashing a thumbs up, which might be a reference to the T-800's famous self-termination scene from Judgment Day. Now, uh, Specs, Owls. Do one or both of you mind giving us a short summary of these comics before we dive in? Sure. So what this story is about, we open on a devastated Earth. Where the Resistance is now made up of Skynet instead of humans, and they're sending our good old buddy T-800 back in time to stop the Cybertronian menace. And we're introduced to poor beleaguered waitress Sarah Connor, who has the misfortune uh, to run into the Terminator. Well, he's out acquiring clothes. Hmm. Because, as you know, they always come back in time with no clothes on. Um, He then forces her to navigate uh, him to Mount St. Hillary. Unfortunately, before they get there, the eruption has already started. And basically, we have the first episode from the G1 cartoon. If any of them had any freaking brains, uh, with Megatron about ready to shoot the still unconscious and prone Optimus Prime. Megatron is stopped by the Terminator. Well, interrupting. And then... 
Sarah gets in on the action, op accidentally reviving Optimus and not so accidentally reviving Bumblebee because she's being chased. It's not a good day for her. She's like, well, this might as well happen. <laughs> yep. So now uh, the Terminator and the Autobots must team up to take out the Decepticons before it's too late for basically everyone involved. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Well, should we dive into our favorite parts of this comic? We shall. Sounds we good. Shall. Awesome. So I would like to start off with like the very first couple panels where we take place way in the distant future. I think it's like eight years from today's date. You know, mark your calendars. <laughs> you see a, a Los Angeles destroyed and what looks like a couple or a few bots that are already dead, like Jazz and Cosmos. What's your thoughts on this scene? Oh, I think there's a glyph there too, the uh, blue mini bot, which sort of indicates oh. that more Transformers ended up on the planet than just the Autobots that might have been in the Ark. So. Oh, right. It's also yeah. interesting because we don't actually know how many Autobots were on the Ark to begin with. We don't really get to see a lot of them. Yeah. I appreciate that because they leave it like kind of ambiguous. So if they want to do a sequel series, they could, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hope that if they were to do like that, it would be like during that feature phrase. Oh, phrase, like the... Sorry. The 2029. Yeah, the timey-wimey. We're going to talk about like, the past future. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that way I can see like what Autobots are left and uh, what the T-800s would do with the Decepticons in that timeline. Right. And speaking of the T-800, we see one of those walking around, but not one that we're familiar with, I guess. I think... Uh, Owls, you had something to say about that? Uh, yeah, I was, I was like, I would love to know if they didn't have the rights to Arnold Schwarzenegger's likeness, or if that was supposed to be Schwarzenegger, and it doesn't look like him at all. Um, and I only really landed on that, because there's some point where I think Sarah Connor says she's being kidnapped by a German man, or something. So I'm like, okay, I assume <laughs> that's supposed to be Schwarzenegger? Right. <laughs> Well, he looks a lot more like Schwarzenegger when he's actually dressed up in the jacket and sunglasses and driving the driving the Optimus Prime look-alike look -alike truck. Yeah. Costuming helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. I had to like change my inner internal monologue in my head to making it sound like uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger because I'm like, oh, okay, this guy uh, doesn't look like Arnold, so I guess I'll just give him the default. Joe Schmo voice, and then she's like, "Oh, help! I'm being kidnapped by a German-sounding man." I'm like, "Okay, this is gonna be a hard monologue, but sure." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked more like John Connor. Yeah, exactly. Terminator movie. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, he, he definitely has more of that likeness to him, right? Yeah. And shortly after, we're introduced to what I think are one of the most gorgeous-looking secret designs, mainly because it's like it's definitely a crossover with the HK aerial jets of the Terminator, and they look amazing. Like Starscream and Thundercracker and Skywarp dropping in from the sky. Well, considering yeah. the toy crossovers they've done, they if they could get the rights to it, they'd probably do full toy. Yeah, I would love to see a toy of that one. I'm afraid to get one and break it. <laughs> <laughs> you see how fragile those sharp edges look? <laughs> I think I think Flame Toys should do a model kit. For Ooh, yeah. I would love yeah. to put one of those together. That sounds so cool. I'm so excited for my Rodimus figure to come in. 
<laughs> so, I'm waiting uh, for mine too. <laughs> so uh, one thing that I guess, because I can see that, like I can see like how they designed the seekers and everything. But one thing that you know, on top of the design of the entire comics and everything, is it needs to be brought up because I brought it up earlier and I want to talk about it. Is <laughs> Alex Milne, my man? Yep. Uh, he brings back the uh, like the more than meets the eye slash lost light uh, Megatron into this comic, that gorgeous design, and um, brings back a lot of his original designs I used in those comics as well. Especially, I think uh, I think he at one point drew Optimus, but it was really nice and it like it hit me with a little nostalgia just to say, hey, I've seen those before. What do you guys think? Uh, that's my favorite Megatron design, just like hands down. Um, so I was very glad to see it again. I'm always glad when he's the artist because like the robots always look pretty good. I mean, you guys have read the comics. There's some where it's just kind of like, I would truly love to never have to read another comic that is drawn like this again. And there's others that I'm like, this is just gorgeous. I love looking at it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah <but> <laughs> It's one of my favorite ones as well. The second favorite one is when spoilers is when Megatron's a stealth bomber. Oh, that one's also very yeah. pretty. <laughs> so cool. Owls has two of those toys. Technically three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, three. You've got the little one. You've got a large one, and then you've got that big one. Yeah. I bought the uh, the. It's not necessarily a toy, but the model kit of uh, Megatron from I think you know more than meets the eye with the. Uh, Autobot symbol on it. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually the first Flame Toys one I ever put together. So I was like, same. same. <laughs> very much. I, I really wanted to get anything that had that design that was actually being released as an, you know, not a third party, essentially licensed. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> right, right. Moving more with the comic, shall we jump forward? I guess backwards in time. To Sarah Connor? We shall. Awesome. Um, Owls and Specs, do you have anything you want to say about Sarah? Well, the comparison that Bumblebee makes between Sarah Connor and RC is pretty fun. Because the way Sarah puts it when Bumblebee asks what she does is she takes orders. Then he's like, yeah, you're a warrior like RC. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of like shows that Bumblebee doesn't know anything else. Other than war right now. Yeah, that's very much his headspace. I mean, he used to be search and rescue, but now he's in a war. And honestly, a lot of his life probably involves trying to save people from danger. I really enjoyed when the Terminator's little... You got to kind of see the Terminator vision of everybody. And like, it... The, the threat levels on everybody was really fun because uh, Sarah Connor got like increasing or rising or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you, you know what's going on, man. Mm -hmm. She and Ravage are best friends, man. <laughs> oh, God. I, was like, I, 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 I am very unhappy with what happened to Ravage, but I mean, Jesus, like, I have good job. You had two interactions with him and you managed it to off him. Yeah, I would. Learned and adapt. Put that cat down for a nap. Um. <laughs> you leave my favorite cassette alone. He is the best cassette. He is the yeah. best cassette. 
I do like uh, Bumblebee's possible vulnerability, which is hearing, and then he just crosses it out. I want to point out, I love RC's design in this comic. And I also want to point out, um, was it Sam makes toys <laughs> made a 3D model of the Earth mode uh, Terminator RC that you can put on your kingdom RC. Nice. Pretty cool. Yeah, I like her design too. She looks like she's a muscle car and she's got kibble and looks like she can kick ass. Oh, absolutely. I love the interaction uh, with RC and the Terminator. When he's like, I need guns. And she's like, just just follow me. I know where they are. <laughs> just pick guns? You need one. guns? I got <laughs> you guns, <laughs> man. <laughs> pick up something a- you like. You treat yourself. <laughs> a perfect little moment. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like- Later on, like in the interaction, I forgot what the interaction was about, but um, Bumblebee and Velocity were talking and they're just talking about how they were just going to make it out of this one fight. And they're like, uh, unless you're RC, because RC special. And she's like, you better believe it. <laughs> well, that and I think they were like, OK, you take one. I take one. RC takes two. We might survive this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave it to RC the assassin. Yep. She knows what she's doing. This kind of, they kind of make her out like the, um, you know, spoilers the end, but uh, they make her out like the robots in disguise RC, like that super BA RC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she, spoilers, where she's <laughs> like an assassin for uh, Prowl and yeah, just exactly. takes care of business. She does. And uh, this comic doesn't stop on that idea. She takes care of business because she's special. <laughs> Believe it. I think this RC is a bit better adjusted than a ID oh, yeah. one RC. True. Yeah. It had to go True. through a lot yeah. of things. There was a little bit fair. more uh, traumatic backstory with the IDW one. RC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get there soon. Hope <laughs> someday. I, uh, I am in chaos theory right now, so I haven't seen RC yet. I guess what shocked me the most about this comic and reading through it was the amount of Transformers deaths we've seen so quickly. Like in other continuities, they're more spread out, with the exception of the Unicron series, and it was just like, oh my god, they're all dying. Yeah. I love the brutality of this comic. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love that, you know, um, first, we, with like first three pages, uh, you know, we're, we're introduced to a lot of death and lots of corpses. Yeah. Like a total, just plethora amount of Autobot death and the Seekers kind of trying to take care of business with, the, uh, with Skynet. And I love even in, in the past, um, we're, we're right off the bat. Megatron and Decepticons are on the arc and a lot of death there. And then, uh, well, T-800 decided there wasn't enough death. So he decided that he was going to blow up the rest of the arc and a lot of death. And you can see him placing the bomb. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and if you thought I was done there... Uh, <laughs> Mr. Onyx here, his favorite, uh, his favorite Transformer is uh, Grimlock. And, you know, throughout the entire series, we're just being taunted like, oh, we may, we may revive Grimlock. We may. <laughs> yeah, I was sad. Kablooey with a little magma on top. So, uh, and well, I guess what makes it even worse is in the end, Optimus is like, yeah, we're not going to go find bodies. <laughs> They're dead. 
You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. Maybe later. Maybe Which later. Honestly, sort of a depressing way of looking at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and Bombshell offering is like, hey, we can go excavate, and if there's <laughs> dead people, we can... Some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bombshell, they just yep, died! Yep. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> so, uh, I'm looking at the notes, and it looks like both uh, Owls and Specs, you want to talk about a few specific characters? Uh, do you want to dive into that? Yeah, sure. Um, Starscream is peak bastard in this. Um, I mean that in that it's very in character for him. Uh, he is trying to, you know, betray Megatron and then the Terminator left and right. It is hysterical <laughs> because that's just it's just what he does. <laughs> Um, it was, it was nice to see some characters that we didn't normally get to see. I mean, you do, you still obviously had Optimus and Bumblebee and I thought Bumblebee is usually very likable, but he was very likable in this. Right. Um, yeah. Starscream tries to betray, uh, yeah. Sweet boy. Starscream tries to betray Megatron twice in this, right? Which is a lot in four issues. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I loved Soundwave's characterization. I was sad that he died, but but like you know, he's just he's very competent. I, it's always a good day when there's a Soundwave there. Don't tell Computron Soundwave's dead. No, I'm <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm right here, and uh, I just want to say, I, I just want to say, you know, you know, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I was also mad, but but at least it was like. He didn't die in a really stupid way. He died trying to do his job. I'm like, there are worse death scenes we could have gotten. Kind of like, you know, everybody at the Ark just getting exploded in their sleep. Right. Yeah. That is true. Hey, at yeah. least your character survives a little bit longer than the ones I like. Every time I find a, every time I find a character that I like, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the next panel it's dead. And I'm like, well, that lasted that much. Yeah, that's it's not fun when that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Specs was sad that Ratchet and Wheeljack bit the bullet, too. <laughs> Speaking of Ratchet yeah. and Wheeljack, uh, do you want, uh, Specs, do you want to talk about a few of your characters you have written down? Um, sure, I, I guess. I mean, it's nice to see Ratchet and Wheeljack, as I said, because like the way Optimus puts it is, well, he says they got two of the best medics and the best engineer survived, got left, you know, alive and in good condition when Megatron left. And then the Terminator just takes out two of the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they could theoretically still be alive, even though they were basically in the middle of the blast radius, probably considering what they were, uh, or what the bomb was hooked up to. And the Ark apparently survived multiple um, eruptions before, considering that they mentioned that the Mount St. Hillary had erupted in like 1813 before. Right. So I guess it's going to possibility of survival is basically the bomb. But it's just like they, they could have gotten... <sighs> Like, if things had been faster, because they did actually... Because Ratchet and Wheeljack had realized that something was wrong. And if they'd realized things like five minutes earlier, they might have had people out of the Ark, potentially sending back up. I feel like they might be alive, because they, they kind of left it vague at the end. Yeah. They have plot armor. <laughs> I, I think it's really going to be, if they make a sequel, what they want to do with the sequel, which is why it's so vague, because it's very easy right. to be like, okay, they survived! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we also don't know about the uh, the temperatures Transformers can survive, considering that G1, the cartoon, has the Decepticons going into 
lava multiple times. Yeah, sure. it's true. They're made yeah. of sterner metal. Or sterner yeah. stuff, as some bots would say. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see Velocity getting out and being active, and both her and RC and uh, Rain's not working right now. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Bumblebee. Windblade as ah. active crew members on the Ark. Because like, it yes. implies that the Ark's crew is a much... Well, I mean, the Ark had a pretty big crew in G1, but just that it's got a wider variety of... Right, it's more diverse. Yeah, yeah they're, they're more bringing diverse. in new ones as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I appreciate that too a lot. I like seeing Lottie in anything, really. <laughs> like, I, yeah, isn't she one great? Of the ones, yeah, like, I, I liked her, what, you know, kind of the design they used for her t here, too. It's nice. The Thunderbird or Thunderwing? Thunder? Like the car design, oh, I think. Yeah. I think it's I'm a not a car person. I'm terrible with cars. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Thunderbird. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. And it was. Gorgeous. Uh, the one of the things when Velocity and Optimus go out to basically track down the Decepticons, Velocity is very uh, detail focused and she's the one who notices the optic remnant, but she completely bypasses that people on the beach got exploded. And Optimus is the one that <laughs> oh, calls that out. I forgot about that. There's an eye socket missing. Yeah, there's an exploded car on the beach. <laughs> there's several <laughs> carcasses conclusion. over there. <laughs> It just, it feels like she can get really uh, invested in the details of what she's working on and just miss, like, obvious, some obvious things. Like how people, I don't know, I think there's a, uh, sorry, this is a weird digression. Oh, you're fine. It's like a they, rabbit hole. It, <laughs> I think this was like a social experiment or something that they did. They had someone focus on counting like the ball passes in a basketball game. And then they had someone else in like a gorilla suit go out and like do things and sort of harass the players and then ask if afterwards ask uh, the person who was supposed to be counting the ball passes if they noticed anything and they didn't they, they didn't notice the person in the gorilla suit at all oh my god i mean that makes sense if you're focused on the past yeah yeah that makes sense i think that's all on my end of notes are there any last things you guys want to mention about this comic before we move on i was pretty amused to see that they'd pulled some of the dialogue from the well transformers the movie and also that there seemed to be some callbacks to some of the songs because at one point megatron goes nothing's going to stand in my way <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just between the one shall stand, one shall fall, and Optimus pulling several moves that he did in the movie when he's fighting Megatron. It's all the classics. It's sort of an interesting combination between uh, the first episodes and basically Optimus's end uh, as a prime in the cartoon, except he survives. Right. So it kind of makes me wonder if Hot Rod was potentially on the arc. Well, at least he wasn't in the way this time. Yeah. <laughs> no space Winnebago. <laughs> I, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I kind of didn't write it down, was, was like my assumptions going into this comic, like right before I even started reading it. And they were saying uh, there's a Transformers Terminator crossover. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then, so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know, what if it was Shockwave making all the T800s to fight Ooh. off everybody? And like, I was just like getting into the detail. I'm like, oh, this sounds, that sounds like an amazing story. I mean, don't get me wrong, this story was even better. But, you know, we still don't know where Shockwave is. And um, now I'm kind of curious where he is. And because, um, you know, we, we have the Dinobots. So clearly, if we have the Dinobots, we should probably have Shockwave somewhere. 
<laughs> well, I think it might depend on which continuity they're possibly pulling from, because in G1, both the cartoon and the original uh, Marvel comics, he, I think, was on Earth. Or not on Earth. He was on Cybertron up until he comes... Well, in the Marvel comics, he eventually comes to Earth to basically depose Megatron and take over the Decepticons. But he's basically the elevator dude in the yeah, cartoon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So it really depends on what they're pulling from. What they, again, need if they make a sequel. Like, if it's going to be like, oh, yes, we need to pull him from Cybertron or, eh, he was on the arc, but too damaged or something. Yeah. Which... Speaking of potential sequels, uh, I see someone's written something about uh, Megatron as a possible sequel. Like, he gets defeated in this one, but they tease, like, some art pieces towards the end. Where, yeah, it looks like, um, oh god, I can't remember the name. The company that made that ended up making the, the Terminators, it looks Granite. like they got a hold of his body and uh, probably integrated it with Skynet, <laughs> which is... Very interesting, and honestly, I'm way more interested in how that plays out and how that changes events um, than necessarily the story we were told. It wasn't bad or anything, and there were some really interesting parts in it, but I'm like, ooh, but what does that do? <laughs> or, right. you know, what what is what, what would be his goal? Would his goal just be like, I'm going to take over everything, I don't care about the Decepticons that are left because they, they're off with Prime now or whatever. Um, so I'm just very interested. I'm like, I wonder what... If they do something with that, I, I am I'm actually very interested to see what they do with it. <laughs> yes, but would a Skynet effectively based on term uh, Megatron's remains be Megatron, or would it be something else in be in between at them? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of was thinking the same thing because the T eight hundred, his goal was to kill Megatron, right? So I was like, oh, okay. So it, it was kind of like one of those uh, butterfly effects where uh, the T eight when the T eight hundred just essentially thought he'd killed Megatron, there was a butterfly effect where now that the the whole Skynet's from Megatron or something. I, I don't know. I was, that's what I was kind of uh, hooking on to. I was like, oh, okay, so this is a, a butterfly effect? or Right, it's very much like in line with the Terminator movie. It's like when in the first Terminator movie, they kill the Terminator, but they leave his arm functional, and that's how like scientists got a hold of it, and they like advanced Skynet's arrival because the technology from the future was now in the past, and now it like shortened the gap yeah, which created yeah. t2 or the t1000 right uh yeah and now cyberdyne systems has access to both a terminator t800 and megatron's corpse right mm -hmm. oh, no. so uh idw <laughs> sequel please <laughs> it's like how much worse can we make this right. by giving them all the tech i would like to see the liquid terminator as a transformer now Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. oh man <laughs> yeah just imagine yeah yeah i do like the the big the big robots I don't, I don't know if those are the the air vehicles but they did they do look like megatron with uh, a little bit of uh i can't believe i just forgot his his name bludgeon, bludgeon? oh face. yeah yeah fantastic anything else uh well so in one of the flashbacks where the t800 or well the Terminators are busy appeasing Megatron and sort of allying themselves with the Decepticons, uh, quotation marks, uh, where Megatron is sitting in the Lincoln Memorial. Like, this is the third iteration of Transformers that has Megatron taking over the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, right. I think That's great. Alice and yeah. I have discussed. It's, it's the only seat big enough for him. <laughs> I 
actually opened uh, the All Hell Megatron series just so I can compare the photos again. I don't know why. I was just curious. Well, we'll throw the comparison photos on the YouTube version. But yeah, he's he's not as gentle with sitting on it as he is in the cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, daintily picking up Abe Lincoln and moving him to the side so he can take his chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it's good stuff all around it's one of my favorite crossovers to be honest one thing i enjoyed uh, I, I really enjoy re- uh, looking at the art gallery in the end of each uh, comic but one thing i actually kind of kept just you know as a cool image to have on the background of my phone was um in the end of the first issue there is a uh a, a autobot half autobot half terminator symbol uh icon in the end of the uh art gallery of the first issue and i'm like oh cool i'm putting that on my phone <laughs> <laughs> all right are we ready to go on to the next segment yeah i think so awesome all right it was fantastic to have both you specs and owls uh owls is it owls or owl owls owls all right perfect to have you guys on as guests possibly more in the future who knows where can listeners find more of your content So uh, you can find our podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and a bunch of other places. Uh, But links to our social media are available on our Tumblr at afterspark-podcast.tumblr. And I think I have most of the links to where our podcast is there. But if you want more information, I would start there and then figure out, you know, wherever your listening platform is. Um, But we are also both on Tumblr quite a lot. and post quite a few things including episode notes and what have you to it Mm -hmm. perfect thank you for having us yes thank you for being here yeah thank you yeah it was great having you guys if you the listener have enjoyed this episode consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing thank you so much for listening till all are one till all are one till all are one Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you're interested in more content, try checking out the spin-off D&D series, Transform and Rollout, Rise of the World Killers. <laughs>